When I was a little girl, I believed in fairy tales. I wished my toys would come to life and that my stories could be real. Then through all the noise and confusion, I believed it was all an illusion. The world had faded black and white. Nothing seemed to be right. But now I know that how it goes is that my dreams never die. As long as I keep the magic inside me alive, do you believe in magic? Stories are written, read, and disappear, probably hidden on some dusty bookshelf, often forgotten and never retold. This tale is different because it stays in the heart of all who hear it. The memory continues, eagerly waiting to be shared with the next generation. Take a peek, sit back, relax, open your mind, journey into the world of the gulp of waters and slurp it downs. You'll never be the same again. In the third episode, while taking Iki home, Joe fell, cutting her knees. Old Slurper arrived and took Iki home, forgetting to heal Joe. Aunt Pepper arrived with heaps of luggage, turning the household upside down. It was obvious to Joe that her Aunt Pepper did not intend to go home. As far as she could see, this roving hippie aunt felt that she had come home in the village. After what seemed hours, Aunt Pepper came up to her niece. Time to travel you home, Joe, my girl. Typical. I always thought I'd get dumped if anything better came up. That's not true, Joe. I'm only going to stay for a while and then I'll come back to your home. I've arranged that your mother thinks I've gone away on a trip for a while. How did she manage to do that? She's been with me all day on a picnic. Mum knew we were going. It's just too strange for words. Hang on, I never said anything. Looks like she can also read my thoughts. Better watch what I think. Aunt Pepper roared with laughter when she heard Joe's last thought. With a clap of her hands and a very quick chant, Joe found herself in her bedroom. The next thing was her mother calling her to come down to dinner. Dinner time? I must be home very late in the day. I just can't work out all the time differences. It's so strange that it's in the evening. I've always managed to have an adventure and arrive back still at the beginning of the day. How was your day with your aunt? Hope she didn't wear your sore leg out. Just dandy, Mum. Today was a pain in the bum. Joe, I just don't know what's happening to you lately. Seems you're cross with everybody you come into contact with. Geoffrey, don't look at me like that, you snivelling brat. And mind your own business. You smell like dog's breath. Jeffrey was not used to getting his own medicine back, so he grabbed the last piece of bread from the table and took off out of the kitchen. He still found time to turn around and poke his tongue out at his sister. 
This, of course, made the situation even worse, and Joe ran after him swearing. Just as their mother was about to chase after them, the phone rang, so the children had an easy escape. Jeffrey dashed over the back fence, and Joe found herself slumped at the bottom of the gum tree in the dark. It's not right. Everything is going wrong, all because of that aunt of mine. All of a sudden, there was a chuckling coming from the other side of the tree. Then there was a giggle, followed by a little voice commenting on Joe's dilemma. Suck eggs, you very smelly girl fig. <laughs> Stop whining and get over it. Surprised you I did. Want to know why I'm here, you smelly girl fig? Joe did not know whether to be happy or shocked. Eki had been a pain in the butt, and she was the reason that the secret of Cork Upper Ripple Creek still hadn't been revealed to her. What do you want now, Eki? And why are you here? Come to tell you the secret you want to know. Go home if you don't. Joe started to calm down and wondered if she was hearing it all straight. Had she really come to tell her the secret? Or was she just going to be a teasing pain? Eki seemed more relaxed than when she last visited Joe's home. In fact, she lay down on the grass and started looking at all the stars. This star is the goose star, and this star is the water pig star, and this is the star of the twin gopper waters and slurped downs. Looks like the names of the stars were very different in their world, but it was fascinating to listen to the small slurped downs. Iki was being very pleasant for a slurped downs, and even though Joe had her suspicions, she actually enjoyed her company. Maybe Iki was her guardian angel, not the old fellow. It had been another long, confusing day, and the thought of sleeping was appealing, as she was exhausted. Since Iki had dangled the carrot in front of Joe, there was no way she was going to upset her. Joe asked if she would like to have a sleepover, and so the two unusual friends went into the house to get ready for bed. After sneaking up the stairs into her room, Joe needed to go to the bathroom. This was all too unusual for the small slurper downs, and quite confronting to say the least. Eki followed, wondering what Joe was about to do. Joe filled the bathroom sink so she could wash her face. Eki watched in fascination as Joe got out the soap and cloth. What do you want that small rag for? And why do you need to use so much water? I'm not using much water. Why are you worried about our water? Water running out, you know. Just need a drop, you do. Don't be silly, I'm hardly using any water. What am I supposed to do? I need to wash my face and teeth. I've turned the tap off and water is not running down the sink. Don't need a basin of water. Just need to wet the rag, you do. Water will run out, it will. Joe was becoming vexed and decided to use the same water to clean her teeth. But she didn't feel at all clean. Then when she turned around, she found Iggy with her head down the toilet. Any minute now and there will be a disaster. Sure enough, Iggy managed to push the button and splash and gurgle. The toilet bowl filled up with blue-coloured water. Iggy screamed and coughed as the blue water spurted from her mouth. <coughs> What magic is this? The water is a bright blue colour and it tastes horrible. Not like the water from Cork Upper Ripple Creek. 
Karma, I think, serves you right for being a nosy Parker. Karma? I will tell you about karma, you silly, smelly girl thing. Don't you know we invented the word? It means get what you deserve, and I don't deserve turning a shade of blue. It means what goes around comes back around. Whatever, you smelly girl thing. Let's just go to bed before something else goes wrong. It's all right, you're not in the wardrobe tonight. You can sleep on the bed with me. Don't want to sleep with you. Want to sleep with the furry thing over there. Joe looked to where Iki was pointing. Curled up at the end of the bed, fast asleep, was her cat Tim Tam. Looks like the lazy cat had a purpose after all. The night was quite uneventful until the early hours, when out of the blue was a racket coming from outside. People were screaming, sirens were blaring and lights were turning on in every house. What on earth is going on? Red glow means fire. Bushfire real close. All Joe could think of was her aunt stuck in the bush with the gulper waters and slurper downs. Will she survive? Eeky sighed. She didn't seem as worried as Joe. How you could be so calm, Eeky? It beats me. The fire brigade is collecting their members as we speak. We have to prepare to fight the fire to save the house and help all of our neighbours. Fire part of life. Bush needs fire to reproduce all the trees and bushes. Don't worry about your aunt. She will be safe. Village very safe. We are used to bush fires. This may be well enough, but the fire was still coming close and now they could smell the smoke. Joe closed her window as the smoke was choking her. She now worried about the safety of her family and pets. Things were getting truly serious. While darting down the steps towards the kitchen, Iki followed, mumbling the most extraordinary thing. Gulpul waters and slurper towns, hear my cry for help. Gather the glue and boil the pots. The essence of life will be needed lots. What on earth could she mean? Iki did say that she'd come to tell me the secret of Cork Upper Ripple Creek. What does she mean when she says the essence of life? The wind started to pick up and embers flew into the garden. People were running with hoses, buckets of water and hessian bags. Joe yelled out for her mother and found Geoffrey under the kitchen table. What are we going to do, sis? I can't find Mum. Think she's outside fighting the fire. Stay inside and put wet towels against the doors. Fill the bathtub and sink with water and get a torch and battery radio. Don't panic if all of a sudden the power goes off, okay? I'm going outside to fill all the gutters with water and remove all the furniture from the veranda. It's far too late to evacuate, so we have to be sensible and stay put. Geoffrey, for once, obeyed his sister. He wanted to help Joe and his mum and knew that staying inside would allow them to fight the fire without worrying where he was. Iki made sure Geoffrey could not see her. She continued to chant to the gulper waters and the slurper downs. Minutes later, something weird and wonderful happened. Thick blobs of snot-type rain drenched the fire and smothered the embers. Everybody in the town stared in disbelief. The extinguished fire gave relief to all the people of the town. Now I know what the glue is all about. Iggy went back upstairs, yawned and snuggled up to Tim Tam. Her work was finished. All she needed now was a good night's sleep. Joe would arrive soon, so better to be asleep than to have to answer thousands of annoying questions.
Good night, furry thing. See you in the morning. Jo and her mum came back, worn out and covered in soot. Well, we better clean up and go to bed for some shut-eye. I'm too tired, but I can't get into bed in this state. Walking to the bathroom, Jo remembered Eki and panicked. Hope she's all right. Didn't see her downstairs. After cleaning herself and feeling guilty that she was using more water than Eki would approve of, Jo crept into her room. Jo found Eki fast asleep cuddled up with Tim Tam, with the cat's tail between her beak. Looks like Tim Tam's tail makes a great dummy. <laughs> it didn't take long before the weary girl was fast asleep. No questions tonight, just dreams of the surreal. Jo woke up the next morning to find Eki gone. Disappointed that yet again the secret had eluded her, she sleepily wandered downstairs to get breakfast. Jo had been away from school because of her sore knee. Fortunately, the time away from school backed up against the school holidays. The end of the term meant two whole weeks to explore the bush and visit all her new friends in the village. Only problem was, she would have to share the experience with her wacky aunt. Suck it in and get over it. The town was a real mess because of the bushfire. Most of the fences were gone and everything was blackened and sooty. The mayor had organised cleaning up rosters and everybody buckled down to help restore the town. It would take weeks and Jo hoped that she could find some time to disappear into the world of Slurper Downs and Gulper Waters. Melissa always came around in the holidays. They would often have sleepovers and go to the pictures or walk around the mall. After all was said and done, Melissa was the shopping queen. With the mall being one of the bushfire casualties, Jo wondered how her friend would cope. This holiday brought the opportunity to dash into the bush, there was no time for Melissa. Joe had to get rid of her so that she could have another adventure, but this would be a challenge. She wished that her mother did not look after Melissa in the school holidays for extra money. While eating her breakfast and pondering over the problem, the phone rang. She ran to answer it and to her surprise found Doreen, Melissa's mother on the other end. Hi Joe. Just wanted to let your mother know that Melissa has the chicken pox. Unfortunately, she'll not be able to stay at your house in the holidays. I have to take the time off work and look after her. Let your mother know, please. I'm sorry. I know the extra money comes in handy. Joe could not believe her luck. She was rid of Melissa and could do whatever she wanted. The secret of the cork up a ripple creek haunted her and she knew it was time to find out the whole truth. After leaving a note for her mother, Jo decided it was time to return, hopefully, to the village. Then she remembered charity and fear set in. What if the fire had burnt her to the ground? Eki had gone and her promise had not been fulfilled. Two dilemmas, the boat and catching up with Eki. What should she do first? Jo decided to dash and check up on her boat, otherwise she would not be able to concentrate on anything else. When she arrived at the water's edge, there was no boat, only a burnt mooring. Oh no, I think I've lost Charity. 
It's terrible. What am I going to do? She started to cry and tears poured heavily down her cheeks, but she heard a faint sound coming from up the river. It sounded like her grandfather's voice. Don't panic. She still is a real corker. Jo looked up, and to her relief, Charity was floating in the middle of Corkupper Ripple Creek, safe and sound. Thank goodness! I wonder how she managed to get out there. Jo was deciding what to do when Simon arrived with Mark, and together they swam out and pulled the old girl back. Got something to tell you, Jo. It's about what I've been doing. Thanks for the help, Simon. Can't stop to talk. We'll see you soon. Need to find Iki. She was prepared to tell me the secret. I hope she didn't get into trouble by staying away all night. Better tell her about Charity. Maybe it was the creatures that saved her from the fire. Damn, I better go home first. I'm all wet and muddy. Seems I'm always a mess when I just want to hurry away. I think I've ever done the running. Gee, but my knee is sore and stiff. When she arrived home, Jo cleaned herself up quickly and decided she still had loads of time to visit the village. This time... Nothing was going to delay her, and knowing that Charity was fine was one less thing to worry about. Band-Aid had been terrified with the entire goings-on last night, and the poor dog's digestive system went into overload. Joe dashed to the front door for a breath of fresh air. Gosh, that dog makes terrible smells. Mum needs to change his dog food. Band-Aid just looked at Joe and backed away. Returning to the bush was all Jo could think about. Her leg was still a little stiff, but she figured the exercises would help it heal. Wide-eyed and excited, she retraced her steps through the bush she loved so much. Through the familiar clearing, she made her way over fallen logs until she found the spot near the creek where the creatures lived. She waited and waited, but there was nobody to be seen. Feeling disgruntled and losing patience, she nearly gave up. Nobody was coming, and she still didn't have Aunt Pepper's talent to travel into the village. Maybe all the creatures were collecting and boiling up the snot glue. The bushfire had probably caused lots of damage, and so they were likely to be extremely busy. She jumped to her feet and turned to go home, when all at once she felt that she was being watched. Something was lurking in the bushes. Her hair prickled and stood up on the back of her neck. This was the first time she had ever felt panicked in the bush. Was there somebody watching her? Usually it was she who watched the creatures. Every nerve in Joe's body was tingling unpleasantly. She braced herself for whatever was about to happen and waited. The wind had now taken up and the trees swayed and crackled. Branches flew off and crashed to the ground. Terrified that something sinister was watching her and ready to pounce, she crouched low behind some grevillea bushes. Jo couldn't begin to imagine what might be ahead of her, but the gusty wind set the scene for something evil to appear. All of a sudden the bushes parted Jo held her breath. She was shivering uncontrollably now, her heart beating so fast it hurt. There was an unexpected movement. Look who we found. Must be the Jo girl. 
Don't be silly. She's not the Joe girl. She's too short. You big twit. It is the Joe girl. She's crouching down. Joe let out a massive sigh of relief as she witnessed the two familiar creatures argue over her identity. Calming down, she took a huge breath. Must not let them know I was scared. Need to be in control somehow. What kind of bee can you turn your back on? I don't know. What kind of bee would you turn your back on? Your bee hand, of course. Chuckling uncontrollably, he fell backwards, tumbling down an embankment into the creek. Splash! Down he went laughing and crying at the same time. Thank goodness it wasn't a creepy bush monster after all. Dripping wet and definitely in a good mood, the gulper waters called the slurper downs to help him out of the creek. Get yourself out, you long-nosed, fat-looking good-for-nothing. Help me! You lazy, skinny, bug-eyed twig! Stop arguing and help each other, or I'll bang your heads together. The two creatures, amused with Joe's response, smiled and helped each other. With a splattering thud, they hit the slimy embankment. Then another familiar voice made its way out of the bushes. The old slurper Downs appeared with Eki in tow. Want to go to the village, I suppose. Need to see Pepe, I think. She is busy, you know. Hope she wants to see you, Joe. Don't like to bother her today. Do you think we've nothing better to do? I was so worried about you, Eki. I didn't know whether you would get into trouble for staying in my bedroom all night. The old slurper Downs looked at Eki with disapproving eyes, but for once kept silent. Excitement overcame Joe. She was now going back to the village. This time she would definitely find out the secret of the cork upper Ripple Creek. Expecting to be travelled, she sat down and shut her eyes. The last time her aunt had travelled her, she'd felt a little dizzy, so it would be best to sit quietly and be prepared. The creatures stared at the girl sitting on the grass. What do you suppose she's doing? Beats me! Looks like she's tired and needs a rest. She's getting ready to be travelled! <laughs> The group had no intention of travelling. There were too many things that needed their attention after the fire. Feeling quite foolish, Joe jumped up. Looks like she'll have to put up with the creatures speaking in limericks all day. It would be quicker just to travel. You have just been listening to the Mysteries of Cork Upper Ripple Creek audio tales based on the children's books of the same title by Australian author Susan Pease. To find out more about these stories or to purchase hard copies, please visit susanpease.com S-U-S-A-N hyphen P-E-A-S-E dot com And be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you do not miss out on the next exciting instalment of the Mysteries of Cork Upper Ripple Creek.